This is the Oanda Podcast. Markets across Europe and the United States yesterday recovered some of Tuesday's big losses, with the war in Ukraine remaining the big concern. This is the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, speaking to Oanda senior market analysts from across the globe. Let's join Oanda Asia-Pacific senior market analyst Jeff Halley with the latest from the markets for Thursday. Jeff, good morning from the UK. What's happening where you are? Yeah, good afternoon. Uh, wonderful to be here again. Look, uh, we saw a rally uh, start yesterday in equities, ostensibly on the um, news that a another a second meeting would take place between Ukrainian and Russian officials today, apparently, on the uh, on the Belarus border. Uh, and uh, markets quickly reversed all of the equity losses that they saw uh, earlier in, in the session. Then Jerome Powell, the Fed chairman last night, came out on a testimony on Capitol Hill and um, and confirmed that there would still be a rate hike uh, this month, but it would probably only be 25 basis points. Because it's 25 basis points and not half a percent, uh, the, 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 the stock market rally continued. That's flowed through again into uh, higher equity markets, generally in Asia. But I think we're seeing a lot more caution here in uh, in Asia. J- Japan's up uh, around 1%, as is uh, South Korea, uh, and uh, equities are up about 0.8% in uh, Australia. But China's flat to slightly down, and the rest of Asia is only up uh, slightly, maybe around half a percent. And I think part of this is that we're seeing a lot of big swings um, generated by these Russia, Ukraine, Belarus border meetings of late and that uh, markets have been caught out on this uh, with these what I call clutching at straws rallies. In the meantime, oil prices have continued heading into space as well, meaning in my opinion uh, that uh, any equity market rallies are constrained in this environment. So that caution, that cautious bullishness uh, has been prevalent in Asia today. And when I look into early Europe, uh, again, I, I think Europe will struggle to recreate the gains they saw yesterday as well until we get more visibility, um, good or bad, out of this meeting, if it happens later today. And oil is approaching that uh, $120 a barrel mark. Uh, last time I looked, it was around about 117 for Brent crude, 115 for WTI. And uh, looking at UK natural gas futures... Wow, uh, over thirty-five percent up. So, and that's on uh, four pounds. That's got to be uh, a high from uh, recent times. That's going to be worrying as well, isn't it? Right across because um, oil and gas prices. I suppose there's more to come. This war isn't really even past its first week, and we could get a a worsening situation. Of course, we hope desperately that there will be some kind of resolution and maybe these these talks today will come up with something but it's likely to get worse isn't it yes definitely and i mean i was calling 120 to 130 dollars a barrel in december and i was a bit of an island then but we are actually not too far off that as you said oil prices have jumped once again in asia today and it's interesting to see that even though equity markets are moving up and down and bond yields 
and bot and yield curves are chasing their tails up and down. Currency markets are, are moving around up and down. That oil and commodity prices in general have gone one way, and that is up. And we've seen oil prices rise by well over 2% in Asia today, following some near 7% gains by Brent crude overnight, followed by a similar gain, I believe, uh, on Monday. I'm losing track of it all now. Look, I, I believe that the sanctions that the West is enacting, and I, I think the, the, the ratcheting up of those sanctions over the weekend uh, had caught markets on the hop. I think they thought they'd seen peak Ukraine last week. And uh, as, as equities keep trying to price in that peak U Ukraine, oil markets and energy markets certainly are not. There will be a stagflationary shock uh, due to the Russia-Ukraine conflict. And uh, I, I have very little doubt that uh, 120 plus oil is, is well within sight. Part of the reason for this is not just the, uh, the, the Western sanctions, if you want to describe them as such, but also that financial institutions across the world are just refusing, refusing to uh, finance any uh, purchases that have Russia or Ukraine on the paperwork. And also shipping companies are also refusing to go there to upload or offload goods as well. So, uh, I mean, we know that Russia is a huge energy exporter. Uh, it's probably about 5 million barrels in total a day of oil and related products plus natural gas, but they're also a huge exporter of industrial metals like aluminium and nickel and titanium, and the list goes on and on. The Ukraine, meanwhile, is a huge exporter of grain. It's, I think, either the fourth or fifth largest exporter of grain in the world. Indonesia, for example, out here gets 40% of its wheat from uh, the Ukraine. So we're seeing food prices, the uh, uh, agricultural commodities exploding higher as well. And of course, Russia's one of the big players within OPEC+. Plus. And even though prices have surged to seven-year highs after that OPEC Plus meeting yesterday, uh, they say they'll only increase barrels of oil per day by a modest amount and will not be turning on the taps. Of course, the group sticking firmly to an agreement signed in 2021. So there will be disappointment amongst the big oil importers about that decision. They seem to be perhaps taking advantage of those high prices at the moment. Well, yes and no here. Now, I think uh, OPEC quite rightly argue that uh, the oil price spike is caused by geopolitical issues and not necessarily that there's not enough oil around in the world. That's a bit disingenuous because if you take out 5 million barrels a day of oil uh, from, from Russia, then there there is a problem. So uh, when we look at uh, oil markets, we can see that OPEC compliance, OPEC compliance for a very long time now has been above 100% on uh, their uh, production uh, targets or quotas. That means that OPEC itself is pumping as fast as they can. There's just not a lot of spare capacity in the system, particularly with Iranian oil shut out of the market. Now, if we were to suddenly get this often talked about Iranian uh, deal, that would probably add a one and a half million barrels uh, a day uh, to uh, the number and that would take the edge off everything but it also is showing up what I call energy nimbyism where uh, rich particularly rich western countries um, have chronically underinvested in uh, energy exploration and infrastructure because they've outsourced their 
um, their energy uh, requirements to countries such as Russia uh, so that they themselves can tell their voters that they're transitioning to clean energy and they're shutting down all their dirty power plants and getting rid of oil exploration, uh, etc. in places such as Europe and New Zealand and even the United States to some extent have all been guilty of that. And now they're finding out they have no energy resilience in their supply chains. And this is the horrible reality that the world is facing at the moment, a lack of resilience. Indeed. And you mentioned Jerome Powell earlier on, indicating uh, uh, a 25 basic basis points increase rather than a 50. Uh, we've got non-farm payroll tomorrow in the United States. Uh, what are the indications as far as those numbers are concerned? Markets seem to be around 450,000 at the moment. It's sort of been lost in the Ukraine noise, of course, this week, like everything else has been. I think there's definitely upside risks to that number. The ADP employment was very strong overnight, and it wouldn't surprise me in the least if we got a print well above 600,000 tomorrow night. Uh, So I think in in that respect that that would confirm the quite uh, solid sets of uh, US data that we've been seeing coming out of late, but it also means, I believe, that, that in addition to that 25 basis points that we, we're going to see this month, that the Fed will probably be hiking every meeting uh, this month. And I know off uh, off microphone we were talking about whether these stagflationary uh, shocks would, would temper their hands. I'm not so sure that's going to be the case. And I think if the Fed starts hiking aggressively, uh, consistently every 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 meeting by a quarter of a percent and perhaps some intra-meeting hikes as well, then many countries around the world are going to be obliged to follow that in order to maintain the value of their currencies, most particularly in Asia, and hence the stagflationary shock because it could push growth down while costs are still going higher. Okay, Jeff, great to talk to you again. We'll catch up soon. Thanks very much for joining us. A pleasure. Take care, everybody. This is the Oanda Podcast.